0: Praise God, we serve the great I Am, right? Can we celebrate that this morning? Yeah? We serve the one true God. Go ahead and open your Bibles with me this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I know some of you, when you saw the decorations up here, you're like, yes, it's Christmas time, it's December, we're going to get some Christmas sermons going. Well, you've jumped the gun a little bit too quickly here. We're not jumping into Christmas just yet. As you can see here by the tables, uh, we're going to be observing communion this morning. And what we've been doing over the last year or so is we've been taking a couple Sundays out of the year to intentionally focus on the Lord's Supper, both on observing it and preaching a message on it because we feel like the scriptures reveal to us that this meal is so sacred And so precious. There's so much to be said for it. You could preach sermon upon sermon upon sermon on the Lord's Supper. There's so many different beautiful aspects to it. And we want to begin to open that up for you. That you might come to the table in a more meaningful way with our minds and our hearts informed by the word of God. As to what happens here at the table and how we should approach it. So this morning we're going to be preaching a message here on... Communion, and then at the end of the service, we will come to the table. So as I said, 1 Corinthians 11, we're going to be looking at verses 27, 28, and 29. So go ahead and open up your Bibles there. I'll begin here by reading the text. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Father, we come to you this morning desiring to place the worth on this table that is due it. Lord, we want to come to the table in a worthy manner, not in an unworthy manner. And so I pray this morning as we open your word that we might see clearly what it means to come in a worthy manner and that our hearts might be ready to do so. That Christ might be honored and glorified. We pray this all in his name. Amen. 18th century pastor Charles Simeon said this of the Lord's Supper. The more excellent anything is, the more guilt someone bears for abusing it. And irreverent attendance on divine ordinances is exceedingly sinful. But to profane the Lord's Supper is worse since that institution is more solemn and brings us nearer to God. The meal that sits before us here today is unlike any meal that you have had this week. This feast that sits here before us is both glorious and dangerous. This meal promises great spiritual blessings But it also makes some liable to the judgment of God. And the difference between coming and receiving blessing or receiving judgment is determined by the way in which we approach the meal. And that's what our text is talking about here this morning. We can come in an unworthy manner, which opens us up to judgment. Or we can come in a worthy manner which promises blessing and communion with Christ. Now what we want to do this morning then is to understand the nature and danger of unworthy participation in the Lord's Supper. And then on the positive side, the worthy manner in which we are to partake. That we might come in a worthy manner and receive not judgment, but rich spiritual blessing. So let's begin by looking at verse 27. And we'll consider the meaning of eating and drinking in an unworthy manner. Paul begins and says this, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Now, We have to ask ourselves the question, what does it mean to partake in an unworthy manner? This seems to be something very serious that Paul is talking about, so we have to go about defining what he actually means so that we know and cannot come in this manner. As I was studying, I saw a lot of different definitions, and I kind of pick and chose a little bit from here and there to put my own definition together. And this is what I believe it means to partake in an unworthy manner. To partake in an unworthy manner is to partake in a way that devalues the person the elements represent. To partake in an unworthy manner is to come and partake of the bread and partake of the cup in a way that devalues the person the elements represent. Now, our text tells us that the bread represents the body of Jesus, and the cup represents His shed blood. Therefore, to partake in an unworthy manner is no small thing, but it is to devalue Jesus Himself. When we misuse the bread and misuse the cup, we offend Jesus. And this is a little bit difficult for us to wrap our minds around. But that's why verse 27 says that when we come in an unworthy manner, we are guilty not concerning bread and juice. We are guilty concerning the body and the blood of Jesus. Now how do we make sense of this? How does coming to this table and misusing a piece of bread and a little cup of juice offend a person. How does that work? I want to give you a little illustration here that I think will be helpful to help us understand how when we misuse these elements in this time that it actually offends Jesus himself. I have a picture here to show to you. Go ahead and throw up the first picture. So we see this here. Is this just A piece of cloth with colors and stars on it. Is that all this is? When you see this, is that all you think about? Of course not, right? We know that this is the American flag. It's not just a cloth with colors and stars on it. It is a symbol of our freedom as a country And it represents the people who gave their lives to secure that freedom. We recognize this when we see the flag, right? Okay, very good. Now, I want to show you a second picture. Flip to the next one, guys. Okay, now when you see this picture, do you see this man simply standing on a piece of cloth with colors and stars on it? Is that all you see? I don't think so. That's not all we see, right? We see this man dishonoring, not a piece of cloth, but dishonoring what the flag symbolizes. He's dishonoring what the flag represents. By this this man's mistreatment of the symbol, he devalues the people who died to make what the flag symbolizes possible. That's why when you see this on the internet and you're scrolling through your Facebook feed, people are completely exploding it. Why would you do this? They're deeply offended on behalf of those people who gave their lives so that that flag could not be stepped on but could fly high in the sky. His his, his mistreatment of the symbol devalued what the symbol symbolized. In the very same way, the bread and cup that sit on these tables is not merely bread and juice. They are symbols that represent the infinite worth of our Savior. And so, when we come to the table, we must be cautious that we do not devalue our Savior, in the partaking of the supper. That we do not trample underfoot these elements and so devalue the Savior as this this man did, the flag and what it represents. So we've seen here a definition of what it means to partake in an unworthy manner and how this is connected intimately to Jesus. Now let's look in a practical aspect of Well, what does it actually mean to come in an unworthy manner? How do we actually do that? I think there's three major categories that we need to think in when considering this. The first is that of the mind, the second is of our life, and the third is of our heart or faith. So the first way in which I think we often partake in an unworthy manner is by coming to the table with an unengaged mind. In the Gospel of Luke, when instituting the Lord's Supper, Jesus said that we are to eat and drink of the elements in remembrance of Him. Now, remembering is something that we do with our minds, right? It's a mental exercise of thinking about something that has previously happened. Do this in remembrance of me. One of the primary purposes of the supper is that we would regularly remember and reflect on the death of Jesus. But yet how often do we come to the table, we partake of the bread, we partake of the juice with our bodies while our minds are somewhere else. Now you might be thinking, is that really that offensive of a thing? Is it really that big of a deal if my mind is somewhere else? As I'm partaking of this meal. Well, think about it this way: imagine that somebody that you were you you love very dearly was going through a very difficult time, a super traumatic time in their life, one of their best friends or somebody very close to them died, something extreme. And they call you up and they're like, look, we've got to get together. I need to talk to you. I trust you. I know that you will be there for me. I need somebody to talk to I need somebody to be there for me. And you're like, great, let's go out to eat, okay? You're sitting there in a booth across from them. They are pouring their heart out to you, believing that you are going to receive that and going to comfort them and encourage them and give them counsel. And as they are pouring their heart out to you, they kind of see your eyes start to shift to the left of their head. They start to see your eyes shift off of them onto that TV screen that's sitting right behind them, hanging up on the wall. And they begin to realize that they're pouring their heart out to you, and although you are there physically, you are not really there. Your mind is not there you're more concerned about the score of the game that's on behind them than you are about them. How offensive would that be to this person? And yet so often we come to the table in the same manner. How much more offensive is it when Christ invites us to remember Him pouring Himself out for us And all we can think about is who we're going to get lunch with or which football game we're going to fall asleep to after the service. When we come to the table and partake with an unengaged mind, we devalue the memory of Christ's death. Because ultimately what we're saying is whatever is occupying our mind at the time is more important than Jesus and the memory of His death. And so we devalue it. This is partaking in an unworthy manner. Not only can we partake in an unworthy manner by coming with an unengaged mind, we can also partake in an unworthy manner while partaking and living an unrepentant life. Jesus died in order to make his people new creatures. Romans 6.4 says, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. One of the ways in which we honor Christ for what he has done is by living a life of holiness and by repenting and seeking Christ's forgiveness when we fail. That's what the Christian life is about. Pursuing holiness and repenting when we fail. This is honoring to Christ in his death. The Christian who approaches the Lord's table while indulging in his, old, in his old way of life diminishes the death of Christ and what he sought to bring about in us through it. Brothers and sisters, Do you come to the table today coddling your sin? Do you seek to come to the table today justifying the sin in your life? Refusing to deal with it? Do you come to the table today at odds with God or with man? Are you coming with a posture unwilling to turn away from your sin? If you partake of the table while living in unrepentant sin, you presume upon the grace of God and you dishonor and devalue the Savior. So we can partake partake in an unworthy manner by coming with an unengaged mind and by living an unrepentant life. And the third way we can come in an unworthy manner is by partaking with an unengaged heart. And what I mean by that is without genuine faith in Christ. In 1 Corinthians 10, Paul tells the church at Corinth that when they come to the table, they are experiencing a spiritual communion with Christ. He says this in verse 16, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the body or the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? This spiritual communion that is experienced with Jesus at the table is reserved for only those who actually believe that he died and rose again for them. The spiritual nature of the Lord's Supper excludes those who have no desire for a spiritual relationship with Jesus. Not only this, but if believers are subject to the judgment of God when they take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner with an unengaged mind and with an unrepentant life, would we not assume that unbelievers would be subject to the same since they are incapable of coming with an engaged mind and with a repentant life? An unbeliever always comes to the table with an unengaged mind and an unrepentant life. So why would we not believe that that is just as offensive, if not more, than those of us who believe in come in that manner? Think about it this way. Get a person in your mind that you just deeply love, the person that you love the most. This could be your uh, parent. This could be one of your children, all of your children. Uh, This could be your best friend. Um, Somebody that you're just like, man, I just love this person. Now imagine for a moment that this person was brutally murdered. You went through the hearings. You saw the man who did it. He is evil to the core. Unrepentant, is glad he did it, and yet somehow he gets off the hook. No time at all. No probation. You're free to go. Now every year you get together with some of your closest friends who all love this person so dearly and you host a sacred meal at your home where you are sharing memories, celebrating this person's life. You're engaged in just this intimate moment of remembering this person, this dear loved one. And one year, you're all sitting around the table enjoying this meal and you hear your front door open. You don't know who it is. You're not expecting anyone. And you hear somebody start to walk through your hallway towards the dining room where you're all sitting. And around the corner walks the killer. Still as evil as ever, still as unrepentant as ever, still glad he did what he did. And this man comes and he pulls up a seat at your table. He sits down and he begins to eat with you. How many of you guys would think that that would be okay? You have no right to be here. The reason that we're here today is because of you. You killed them. You're not here to celebrate our friend's death. Your coming to this table at this moment mocks our friend's death because you have no sorrow for what you have done. It would not be okay. And I'm sure for you, it would be deeply offensive. When an unbeliever partakes of the Lord's Supper, he mocks the life and death of Christ, because his sin is what put Christ on the cross, as is ours, but we're sorry for it. And they are not. So we can partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner by coming with an unengaged mind, with an unrepentant life, and without genuine faith. Now partaking of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner is not only an egregious sin, But it also makes us liable to the judgment of God. And we see this in verse 29. Paul says, For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Here, Paul shows us that when we partake in an unworthy manner, we subject ourselves to the judgment of God. When we partake in an unworthy manner, we are insulting the glory of God revealed to us in the death of Jesus. And this warning of judgment shows us God's concern for his own glory. And it should motivate us to come to the table in a worthy manner lest we fall under this judgment. Now there's much more that could be said here in relation to this, but we must press on. Having now considered what it means to partake of the table in an unworthy manner, let's consider now the positive side. How do we come to the table in a manner that honors Christ? How do we prepare ourselves for this? We need only turn to verse 28 to find the answer. Paul says, Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread And drink of the cup. Paul commands that a person must examine himself before they eat and drink at the Lord's table. Paul's call for examination is a call for us to prepare ourselves for a sacred meal with Jesus, where when we come in a worthy manner, he promises to meet us here in a very special way. And as we saw just a moment ago, that partaking in an unworthy manner involves our mind, our life, and our faith, it is in these three categories that we must examine ourselves before coming to the table. So let's first begin by examining our minds. What should be the focus of our minds as we partake of the Lord's Supper? First, our minds should be focused on the elements And what they represent. Jesus said that the bread represents his broken body. And the cup represents his shed blood. So when we come forward to the table. And we pick up the bread. And we see it. And we feel it. And we put it in our mouths. And we feel the bread break under the weight of our teeth. Our minds should be drawn to Jesus' broken body. That was broken under the weight of our sin. That's where our minds should be. As we come to the table and as we pick up the cup and and we see its color. We see how it is red representing the blood of Jesus. As we tip it in our mouths and as it runs down our throat. Our minds should be drawn to Calvary. Calvary should be drawn to the blood of Jesus that ran down the tree He was nailed to. Our minds should be focused on the elements and what they represent. Secondly, our minds should be focused on our need for Christ. Having reflected upon the death of Christ, our minds should be drawn to think about why Christ needed to die. Jesus needed to die because of our great sin. And this should be a constant reminder to us of our continual need for him. I don't know about you, but I keep sinning. I've been saved for a number of years and I'm still a sinner. I still need Jesus today just as much as I did back then. That's what the table is about. It's about remembering our need and seeking to find it met in Jesus. Our minds should be focused on the elements and what they represent and on our need for Christ. Secondly, let us examine our life. What should be the current state of our life with God and men be as we come to the table? Well, our life should be marked by repentance Seeking the forgiveness of God and to reconcile with men. I want you to understand something, and this is very important. The table is not for perfect Christians. There's no such thing. The table is for repentant sinners. The table is for people who know that they need Jesus. And who are seeking to repent of their sin in an ongoing fashion. Brothers and sisters, where is your life with God this morning? Are you repenting of your failure to walk in obedience to him? Are you seeking God's forgiveness and to turn away from your sin? Or are you coming in a posture of coddling and justifying your sin? Church, where is your life with men this morning? Are you repenting of your failure to live in peace with all men? Are you seeking to reconcile with those who have hurt you and with those you have hurt? If we desire to come to the table in a worthy manner, we must come with a life that honors Christ death a life in which we strive to walk in newness of life which is walking in repentance of our sin so we must examine our mind we must examine our life and we must examine our heart or our faith what should be the state of our heart as we partake of the lord's supper Well, of course, our hearts should be full of faith in Christ. Our hearts should be full of trust in Him and in what He has done. For a moment, I'd like to speak to those of you who this point particularly applies to. And that's those of you who are here today and know that you don't believe in Jesus. That you don't have genuine faith in Him. Allow me to speak to you for a moment. Although your lack of faith and trusting in Jesus excludes you from partaking of this ordinance, there is still something here for you. In the elements is a beautiful message that is spoken to you. The bread and the cup preach a message of your great need. The need to be reconciled to the God of the universe. You are at odds this moment with the God of the universe if you are not resting in Christ. You are his enemy and he is yours. And the message that is conveyed to you in these elements... The death of Jesus is that this death that Jesus died is the death that you deserve. And the death that will be yours for eternity if you continue in rebellion against God. If you continue to go your own way and you continue to reject Christ, the death that is represented in these elements will be your death for eternity preaches a message of your great need to be reconciled to God. But the bread and the cup also preach a message of a great Savior. And it's Jesus, a Savior who through His death and resurrection is reconciling sinners to God. So although you ought not to come and partake, there is still something here for you as you see others partake of the elements, as you see them yourselves, allow them to preach this message to your heart. Let them bring you to a place of desperation where you can then cast yourself upon the mercy of Christ and be saved. Brothers and sisters, the word this morning has shown us that God does not take lightly the table we will come to in a moment, and neither should we. We must come with engaged minds, repentant lives, and genuine faith. So as we come to the table this morning, let us come with hearts longing to honor and receive from the one who so graciously laid down his life for us. We want to give you a few moments in silence uh, to prepare yourself to come to the table. We want you to examine your heart. We want you to examine your life. We want you to examine your mind. If there's things that you need to get right with God or with men, now is the time to do it, that you might come to the table and receive blessing rather than judgment. At the end of this time, Keith and the worship team is going to come up and give some instruction on partaking this morning, and then they will lead a song as we partake together. So enter now into a time of reflection and repentance, preparing yourself for the table.